Oh my god, somebody had the audacity to ask me if Sentinel Guide a user my thing. <laughs> the audacity. I don't know what Sentinel Guide AUs are. Oh my god, Brian. <laughs> oh my god, August. <laughs> this is what the podcast is now. No. <laughs> <laughs> I won't do this on mic, but I will tell you what Sentinel Guide AUs are and why they're so horny. Oh, okay. Are they, is this like uh, is this like smutty fan fiction stuff or just hor- horny, but not necessarily smutty? Horny, not necessarily smutty. Like there's there's like it's a whole thing. I'll explain it to you off mic because I don't want to take up our entire recording time explaining it to you now. Uh, speaking of recording I'm going to start recording I think our fans would love to hear you explain this (laughs) okay so Sentinel and Guide AU so back in like the early 90s there was this TV show called The Sentinel. It was a quasi-police procedural about this dude who uh, turned out he had, like, heightened senses and I think maybe even super strength. Uh, And he was, you know, he discovered this through some sort of, like, Highlander-style quickening almost. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, through shenanigans he found out that this means he's a sentinel but um because this is the 90s and everything has to be homoerotic um there was this other dude who was like an anthropologist i think who was like oh my god you're a sentinel and like helped him like learn how to how to um use his powers and like calm his tits and this this dude became known as his guide. And so Sentinel guide a user based on that loose conceit. Okay. There's usually some sort of like spiritual connection fuckery. Um, there's also a lot of stuff that like has pervaded the, the trope that is kind of gross and border bordering on like, slavery tropes which are really not great uh but uh yeah it's it is a trope that i i do typically enjoy when it is done correctly oh shit i forgot to banish the bear (laughs) i have it all (laughs) i drink god damn it Thank you for tuning in to Gay Space Rocks, a Steven Universe watching podcast where we watch The Owl House. My name is Brian. I use he, him pronouns. Uh, with You can find me on the internet at RoomwearPod, and you can find the podcast on the internet 
at Gay Space Pod until uh, Jeff Bezos, not Jeff Bezos, sorry, Elon Musk <laughs> bans me for using the word cis. Um, yeah. With me, as always, is my uh, radically non cis <laughs> co host, August. Hello, I'm August. Uh, you can find me on Twitter until I get banned for using the word cis uh, at Harpydora. Uh, you can find me on Tumblr where, you know, it's the gay Wild West uh, at Strange Harpy. And my pronouns are they them. Um, let's see. Let's take a look. So in uh, had a spider. Oop, geez, I hit my mic. Just punched the shit out of it. Uh, had Spider-Verse come out last time we yes. recorded? Okay. Yes. Okay, so I talked about it. Good. Um, it continues to be the number one movie in America, absolutely fucking dumpstering <laughs> the Flash in a hilarious turn of yeah. events. Although I think didn't it didn't the sequel get delayed until like twenty twenty six? Um, I haven't seen anything about it. Um, no, I haven't seen anything official about it being delayed. Um. What you're probably thinking about is all of the artists who have come out and been like, hey, working on this movie was a goddamn nightmare. And apparently, I assumed that if they were releasing them back to back year wise, you know, you would think, oh, they just made them at the same time. Mm -hmm. This is apparent, according to artists that were working on the project, this is apparently not true. And uh, Beyond the Spider-Verse has, has like may have only just now entered production. Not just pre-production. Mm-hmm. I mean, so. honestly, as long as the artists aren't, like, ground into a fine paste, I'm fine with a later release date, but, you know. Yeah. Oh, it's almost certainly, especially with the writer strike, if they haven't, like, finalized it, it's not gonna, it's gonna get delayed. Mm-hmm. So it probably will get delayed. Um, in other cartoon news, uh, I think Elemental is also beating The Flash. And apparently from reviews that I've seen, apparently Elemental is actually good, despite its trailer being dog shit. Its trailer is so bad, I don't even remember watching it. Like, I know I watched it. Well, it looks like Zootopia, but they're elements. Mm hmm. But apparently what it is, is it's like an immigrant story. It's like being it's a story about like being a second generation immigrant, because the key fact that they don't really bring up in any of the trailers, which would have made me more interested, is that the little city full of all of the elements was created mm -hmm. by the water, air and earth ones. And then the fire people moved in, but there was no accommodations made for them. And. The main character is like struggling with like possibly taking over her parents shop um, and feeling guilty because they've worked so hard to build a life for her and all that jazz. Which sounds way more fucking interesting than what that trailer <laughs> put out. Yeah. Like that sounds like a fucking story. <laughs> We have um, the biggest uh, cartoon news yet to come, though. Oh, yeah. The, the fucking they're uh -huh. going to make an Among Us show. Uh huh. 
and it's going to be done by the goddamn maker of Infinity Train. Uh-huh. So it might be good. Uh-huh. <laughs> Absolutely wild. Oh, they also, uh, they're re... They're re... There's going to be a new season of Futurama. Again? Yes. But also it's like a low-key possible reboot... Like, there's some timey-wimey bullshit, but, like, it's not a reboot because it's the exact same cast. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're fucking with the timeline to kind of, like, reset some events that they've already done. Mm. But the new season looks funny. There's, like, a crypto Wild West planet that they have to visit. Fun, fun. My work computer is making noises. I'm sorry. You'll have to cut that out. You know I won't. Uh, I know you won't. <laughs> Let's see. Um. Uh, Marvel. Did you see the shit with like Marvel? Uh, in the Secret Invasion credits uh no okay so uh secret invasion their new show just dropped it's like nick fury and scrolls and shit like that but the credits like the opening credits were made using like ai generated art and they look it looks like dog shit fucking really mm -hmm. i haven't watched the show like it's one of those things where it's like they talk about like they used a bunch <sighs> So, like, they didn't talk about their method because, like, if all Disney did, they were like, we want this uncanny look. And so we had some artists feed it some images. And then also, you know, we fed it the entire catalog of, like, all of the visual images that Disney owns. And we made this thing. Fine. Fucking I don't care. Right. Um, but they're not talking about how they got made. <laughs> And it also looks bad. It just like looks bad. Like they had to have made this like before GPT four was implemented. Like, you know how like chat GPT three was just like just could not get some aspects of like what a human body is supposed to look like. Yeah. It's got a lot of that vibe because like chat GPT four powered like art engines have been doing they, they, they now understand what hands are. You know what I mean? So they didn't even use the good one. <laughs> Jesus, so, I haven't watched the show because uh, I'm just not. Like, I really liked Guardians of the Galaxy three, uh, but I just from everything that I've seen about the Nick Fury, like secret invasion. I it's just some more Falcon and Winter Soldier level storytelling. And so I don't care. Like, I'll watch when Loki season two drops because I really Fair. like that show. That show stands on its own, though. Like, it doesn't need. It, it doesn't need the trappings around it to, like, function, you know? Mm hmm. Also, uh, Marvel might have to, like, complete rejigger their whole multiversal everything. Um, because the guy who plays Krang is. Maybe a big old piece of shit. So. Fun. Mm hmm. 
Anyways, what have you been watching, August? Uh, let's see. Um, so I realized last time I probably should have talked about it, but I had forgotten. Um, I watched a um, video essay on myhouse.wad. Uh, which, oh, yeah. For those of you who are not in the know, uh, myhouse.wad is a Doom mod. Um, which Doom evidently has a thriving mod community even oh, to yeah. this day, which, you know, wild, like good on them. I'm not mad about it, but wild. <laughs> um, but, uh, I found myself thinking about it, uh, kind of frequently this week. Um, spoilers for myhouse.wad. If you have not watched anything about it. Uh, I highly recommend you do so because it turns out that it's potentially a really poignant gay love story. Um, and it's, you know, it's rooted in the House of Leaves, pardon the pun. Uh, but it's, I don't know, I've just been thinking about it a lot recently. Uh, even though I watched it weeks ago, it's still stuck with me. So, you know... Uh, kudos to the creator. Yeah, um, that is uh, the, the video doc. I would never play it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Same. Like, I'm not going to install Doom in the year of our Lord 2023. Um, yeah, same. But the 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 documentary is very, very good. It's long. Let me give you a warning, audience. It's like, what, an hour and a half long or some shit like that? Something like that. But it's, I mean, our yeah. audience listens to us every every other week. You know, <laughs> they true, can spare, yeah. they can this is spare way more, an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah, it's way more entertaining than our asses. Yeah. Um, but I've just I've been thinking about it a lot. I've been thinking about like the the kind of metatextual storytelling that was going on and like the way that, you know, the the use of the uh, meta text combined with the the text of the mod file itself, um, you know, just tells the story of these two people who may or may not have been in love and may or may not have died together. Like, it's just, it's really interesting and touching and inspiring as an author who, you know, one of my current projects is a project about, like, the idea of love across, you know, time and the river sticks. So, um, it's just really good. I highly recommend it. Um, yeah. Uh, I think, God, who was the person who did the one that I watched? Cause there, there are a lot of, uh, videos out about my house. Watt at this point, but I think the we may one have that watched, I watched the same one. Yeah, I think we did. Let me because there's only I believe there's only one that's like goddamn almost two hours. No, uh, uh, let's see, because there are a couple. Um, I'm trying to find the one that got linked in our server.
I'm leaving this whole silence in. Uh huh. <laughs> uh, in the meantime, I'm going to talk about my new love, which is uh, the Grimace Shake memes. Oh my God. I love them. Uh, I love that. Uh, it's basically evolved into some kind of like wild ass uh, analog horror prompt. Uh, power pack. Power P.A.K. Um, who also did a video on Iron Lung. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. The video on Iron Lung is also really fucking good. Yes, it is. Um, I had I never had any intention of playing Iron Lung, despite like the concept is right up my alley, but it just like didn't seem like the kind of thing that I would enjoy playing. So I enjoyed watching his video about Iron Lung, which is significantly shorter than his video about my house.wad. Uh, but yes, because Iron Lung is significant, seemingly significantly shorter than this Doom mod. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, the only thing that I have come across about the the Grimace shakes involve some decidedly not safe for work themes. And I wish I hadn't seen them, but honestly, they're still not the worst things I've seen on the internet, so that's fine. I don't know, I just really love how ridiculous some of them have gotten. And that, like, basically every major TikToker has gotten in on it. Um, Have you, uh... Outside of uh, myhouse.wad, have you watched anything else? Um, you know, your your typical Minecraft YouTube new life continues to be very interesting. Um, just the wide variety of creators and the the gradation between like the creators who just there who are just there to build versus the creators who are there just to role play and everything in between. Um because one of the creators we've we've been watching uh Owen is like just so fucking committed to the bit it's terribly endearing and then you know we've got on the other end of the spectrum we've got good times with scar who's like just deeply invested in using the mod pack to its uh, fullest capability to build a functioning airport of all things so you know, you've got one and, you know, both ends of the spectrum. There's something there for everybody as long as you're at least passingly interested in modded Minecraft. So. Nice. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. I forgot another piece of cartoon news. Uh-huh. The Five Nights at Freddy's trailer dropped. Oh, yeah. Did you watch it? I watched it. I mean. It looks pretty okay. It looks fine. Like, I somebody really... who has. Oh, go on, I sorry. have no interest whatsoever in the FNAF lore or anything like that. But, you know, if it comes on Netflix, I'll watch it for free. Mm -hmm. I really, really, really like how the animatronics look. Yeah, the animatronics don't look bad at all. Did you, do you know who they got to make them? Who? Jim Henson Company. 
Uh, yeah, that's fair. The only <laughs> other person who would have been better would be Weta Workshop. True. I don't know if you only you want to make get Weta spend Weta money on like the Five Nights at Freddy's movie. Oh no, you absolutely do not. But I'm just thinking the only also, name in the game that would have been better. They also have a certain felt quality that is extremely Jim Henson Company. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. So it looks interesting. I, I find it very funny that it's just like, whatever, we're just somehow we're doing the first game. I, we're just doing the lore. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it. I have no interest in, in the FNAF lore whatsoever, so it looks fine. Mm-hmm. It looks like it'll be entertaining. It'll it looks like it'll be especially entertaining for people who do care about FNAF lore. Da, 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 da. Um. Oh, <laughs> we've gotten cartoon news every the fact that orcas are currently attacking rich people. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. The rich people are dying at the bottom of the ocean. Um, and yeah. uh, that uh, there was just a teeny tiny coup attempt in Russia. Oh, my God. Just a little one. Just like a little baby coup attempt. Yeah. Oh, so. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh... This is the worst timeline. It's true. Um, let's see. What have I been watching? Uh, fucking hardly anything. Brain hardly able to function as of late. I mean, you've had a fair amount going on, so it's not terribly surprising. Um. I've been, um been watching this one Australian news YouTuber called Friendly Geordies. I don't mm-hmm. love everything he does, but he did do an expose exposing the new, like the new Queensland, um, whatever his like state, territory, province, whatever they have in Australia. Sorry, Philo. Um, <laughs> Philo's in the UK. Huh? <laughs> Philo's in the UK. What? Wait, who lives in, in Australia? The UK? Um, Bry. What? But Bry hasn't been active in the Discord in ages. I don't know. But what? What? Yeah. But what? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Philo. What? Anyways, putting you in the entirely wrong hemisphere. I don't like super love his like vibe, but also like. Australia just seems kind of weird and mean. (laughs) Uh, They just have mean humor, like from what I can just gather from all the Australian comics I've seen. Anyways, he did an expose on the local government uh, that was so biting and uh, damning to them that they burned his house down twice. Uh, and he just keeps Damn. putting out YouTube videos. And I'm like, you just got to You got to respect that level of fucking hustle. Yeah. 
um, him and two other YouTubers that I watch, they uh, did this thing where they like, I guess there's like a whole bunch of problems with like. Launder like. Uh, casinos in particular casinos with like. Um, uh, not roulette, but the. Slot machines. Um, or as they like to call the or no, they're video poker machines or as they are colloquially known as pokies. Um, really big problem with like organized crime laundering massive amounts of money through these casinos that are open 24 hours a day all the time everywhere. And to prove this point. They went and made a video of them laundering $10,000 at a casino. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And nobody came over to stop them. Um, so I've been watching him. He's fine. Like I said, he's got kind of like a mean level of humor. Mm -hmm. Um... So, you know, be aware. Um, gaming Historian did a video recently on um, the Fairchild uh, Channel F, which was like the first cartridge based video game system. Um, that was pretty good. Gaming Historian always has pretty good videos. Unless he's done something worthy of being canceled. And then I guess whatever. Let me know. Uh, I, I, I'm going to caveat that with literally every YouTuber. I feel like it could go either way most of the time. Fair. It's fine. I'm, I was a punk fan in the 2000s. I'm, I know how to kill my darlings. Um. Do, 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 do. Oh, God. So this isn't cartoon news or a mm -hmm. cartoon that we watched. But Anya and I went to the beach and the sole DVD in the entire Airbnb was a copy of Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> uh, I thought it was going to be something even funnier. Sorry to disappoint, but the people who own the Airbnb are evidently normies. Uh, you should have done. You should have stolen that copy of Pirates of the Caribbean and replaced it with a copy of Shrek. God. But put it in the Pirates of the Caribbean box. Oh my God. Yeah, we should have. You fucked up. You're so right. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Well, we should probably talk about the episodes, I guess. <laughs> yeah, probably. Mm -hmm. And I mean, these are actually good. I don't know why we're lollygagging. These were good episodes. I mean, we're not lollygagging. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about. That's fair. We don't. <laughs> but <laughs> we'll stretch it. Ooh, the Owl House wiki's all fucking gay as fuck looking. Good.
do, 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 do. Okay. This week, we are covering episodes 11 and 12, Sense and Insensitivity, and Adventures in the Elements. Up first is episode 11, Sense and Insensitivity, came out on July 11th, 2020. Um, story by Dana Terrace, Rachel Vine, and Zach Marcus. Uh, written by Zach Marcus. The synopsis. When King becomes a best-selling author, he learns a valuable lesson in reading the fine print. <laughs> they just say that like, like... <laughs> That's a thing that can happen just regularly on a week of the show, I guess. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, King, he's just our best-selling author now. That's just a thing that happened. That's not the important yeah. part. Um... The episode begins with King and Ida sitting in sitting at the human collectible stand trying to sell items to their dismay. Little to no customers are interested in what they have to sell at the seemingly perfect timing. Luz appears excited to tell the two about the book fair happening nearby. Ida and King seem uninterested, but Luz is able to convince King to give the fair shot after allowing him to walk around in her hoodie while Ida walks around searching for dwellers to pickpocket. Um... While the pair are wandering around, they stumble across there's a basically there's a writing competition happening and loses like, oh, my God, I really want to be a writer. And King's like, I thought you would be a witch and, and loses like, yes, I do. But like in the real world where I'm from, that's not a fucking possibility. And even I realized that. So I wanted to be a writer. Um, King seeing the adoration of some motherfucker, uh, Steve. Nope. Uh, what's his name? It's not listed here. Some 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 fuckwit uh, is like, oh, my God, I want that level of power and adoration. So he, too, decides to like he's going to enter the, the writing competition and loses like, oh, let's work together. Meanwhile, while Ida's trying to pickpocket a motherfucker or two, she spots Lilith and Steve um, purchasing a map to the. Uh. To a flower known as the Bloom of Eternal Youth um, that uh, Lilith is going to try and hunt down to give to Emperor Bellos. Uh, she says that, like, Steve is like, hey, shouldn't we be, like, focusing on your sister? And Lilith's like, nah, nah, the, the curse is taking more effect. Ida's, like, frail and weak and can't do this. So as soon as they're gone, Ida rocks up and she's like, I'll show that son of a bitch. Uh, give me a motherfucking map. I'm going to beat her to it. And the the map giver is very sinister about it. Luz and King try and break the story. Um, they basically do a brainstorming session where they come up with like a whole bunch of different ideas. Um, they do a lot of writing, kind of synthesizing Kings want for like violence and action and loses a desperate need for romance to be in every aspect of everything everywhere. Um, Edith calls Luz downstairs and while she tells Luz like, hey, I'm heading out of town for a couple of days. Don't fucking burn the house down or do. I don't give a shit. I'm Ida. Um, 
Luz goes back upstairs only to discover that King has basically thrown out her story and written his own shit. Um, Luz is like very hurt by this. And so she's like, how about you just uh, take my name off of that and turn this in all by yourself? King doesn't quite realize that he's pissed off Luz at this point and um, decides to do just that. Um, let's more or less wrap we'll wrap up like what's going on with king and lose because it's i guess the it's got the most screen time it's the a plot um king enters his book into the competition and he immediately wins he basically goes from zero to hero uh becoming a best-selling author everybody loves him people are fawning over him they're making him scarves out of body parts you know just regular fandom shit um, he comes home to invite Luz to his book release party and Luz is like, I don't, she's basically explains to him like, Hey, you kind of fucked me here. Like you, we were supposed to be doing this together. And then you threw out my ideas and you made fun of them. And that was not fucking cool. Uh, the typewriter, uh, which can talk, uh, says to Luz like, Hey, listen, you don't need him. And Luz is like, yeah, I don't need him. I don't want to be mad at him. And this is his big moment, right? Uh, so she decides to go to the the book fair, not the book fair, the uh, not coming out party. Uh, release party. Release party. Yeah. And we also do a lot more interactions with uh, King's blatantly evil uh, agent. Uh, <laughs> he gets King to sign a contract. And at the uh, release party, King is like, uh, here is my draft for the second for uh, for the, the second book. And the agent is like, this is dog shit. I'm not going to fucking publish this. You need to write fucking another one. Um, and King realizes that he cannot write without Luz. Uh, he tries to explain this to Luz, but is kind of a fucking asshole about this. But the manager overhears this. Uh, the manager over kidnaps Luz and um, is going to force King to write a sequel. Um, they devise a devious plan, uh, writing a sequel, but putting a light glyph at the very last page, blinding the dude. They escape um, and they uh, release all of the previous uh, people that this agent had been the agent for. And then this trapped into tiny little cubes. Uh, they see th those little cube people probably murder that snake man. Um, and, uh, Luz and King learn a valuable lesson. Meanwhile, Ida is in the woods, um, and stumbles across Lilith. Uh, they have a bit of a competition trying to rush down to this flower, uh, only to discover that the flower is in fact fake. Um, uh, the guy who sold them the map, he was also evil and he's like, I'm going to fucking eat your souls or goddamn whatever. And Ida and Lilith are like, yeah, we're not fucking scared of you. Do you know who the fuck we are? Uh, and they beat his ass uh, so bad. It's absolutely savage. Uh, Ida returns home after explaining to Lilith like, hey, listen, I don't want to join the Emperor's cover. I will figure my curse out on my own. I don't want to owe that motherfucker a goddamn thing. Uh, they return home. Uh, Luz and King are like, we don't want to ever read books ever again. Uh, star wipe at the end. Oh boy. 
So this is like a masterclass in why you don't trust writing competitions because they will try <laughs> to ensnare you with terrible terms, steal your work, and just generally chew you up and spit you out. I mean, on the plus side, writing competitions have been uh, effectively demolished thanks to AI. So. <laughs> I hate you. We got one thing to kill the other thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> God. Um, um. I li- like this episode was a fun little episode. I really liked yeah. the Lilith and in Eda parts. Like I think that was the high like I think that's the highlight section of the episode. Cause like Luz and King already have a good relationship. Um that's just fun, wacky adventures. Uh I think the real like the King and Luz thing has more screen time, but I feel like the real A plot is like Ida and Lilith. I mean, I think that when they went to the writing room, the A plot was the losing King stuff. But the reason why the the Lilith and Edith stuff feels like the A plot is because it advances their characters in mm-hmm. ways that like the losing King stuff doesn't necessarily because it's like their relationship isn't fundamentally changed by this. Right. Like. It. It starts off like a good relationship and it ends in a good relationship and there's not a real substantive change to how they interact with each other. Um, Yeah, I think that's fair. The. It definitely reminds me like it's got a lot of the vibes and I'm sure it's like not intentional, like and also like it's got similar ish vibes, but obviously different context um between like Lilith and Ida as like the ep- like the episode in season 1 of Shira where like Katra and um Adora are like stuck in the like fucking hollow deck and mm-hmm. then like um fucking oh, the the light hope there we go I was like not rainbow bright that was the thing that was in my head but mm-hmm. not not yeah um and I love that dude who pops out. This is like not even remotely scared. They're like, we're going to fucking murder you. Like, you know how many crimes we've committed together? Like <laughs> so many war crimes between the two of us. You don't stand a chance, my dude. Only one of them has committed war crimes because the other one is like a part of the ruling body. And so like obviously nothing that she's ever done is a crime. I don't. You you can you can be part of a governmental body and commit <laughs> war crimes. I mean, fair. <laughs> we've all li- we've both lived through every presidency. <laughs> all of them. All of them from George Washington now. August and I are immortal. Yep, that's exactly how that August works. and I are the Patriots. We've always been the Patriots. Oh my god. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> I don't know. I do. I do deeply enjoy like the the general like arc of the the losing king plot, though. Like, yeah, it's a you know it's 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 not very many 
I can't think of a lot of media that that encourages you to stop and think before you start collaborating with your friends. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, because that can frequently end in heartbreak, especially if you don't clearly define boundaries and expectations. Right. Yeah, I think it's like it definitely has like a good solid lesson, like a more complex lesson, too, than like just there is a misunderstanding and they need to talk through their feelings. It's like the misunderstanding was all like it wasn't that like this was always going to happen, right? Like Mm. they were never going to be able to write a story together. Because they're just not there's not built the same way that way, you know? Yeah. And and which is fine, too, like you don't have to you can be friends with somebody and not be like uh, like a deep collaborator with them. Not that you and I would actually know anything about that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But I am told that you can have friends who are not uh, that are not part of your art. Yeah. (laughs) Couldn't be me, but, you know. I love I love that they turned the concept of crunch into a literal cube that murders you. Yeah. Fucking. Very, very fucking funny. Yeah, it sure is a very literal literal metaphor for how uh, creatives get chewed up and spit out by the system. Also, I, I do love the line where King's like, listen, Luz, you're obsessed with shipping. And she's like, I'll fucking kill you. I'll cut you so fucking bad. Yeah. Yeah. This is all I have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I jotted that note down, too, because, you know, for obvious reasons, that tickles me. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a show. Like, I, I like that the idea of this show is like inspired by sort of like this is the kind of level of like inspiration and embodiment of like quote unquote nerd culture uh that i like because like the character feels like a real person and not like Mm -hmm. a caricature of like what uh like what somebody who made fun of nerds in high school thinks a nerd is like the big pang theory yeah like loses just a normal person who has a lot of like kind of like nerdyish in interests, right? Somewhat uh, like Steven. True. Uh, but like the show, unlike Steven, the show doesn't feel as like uh, the Owl House. While it has like some elements, especially when they get into fight scenes, especially when Ida gets into fight scenes. Uh, that have like clear inspiration from like anime like it doesn't feel as like the owl house is not basically an anime like steven universe was oh yeah absolutely but it is it is very interesting the ways in which the two main characters demonstrate being part of fandom without like that being the way that their character is reduced to you know, base components. Mm-hmm. The, and the, also the other thing is I love that like Luz feels obsessed with romance, but like, do, I don't think in the same like way that like, St- like Luz does not have an album where she's planned out a thousand weddings like Steven does. 
No, but that's but, because she's older, I think. Uh, maybe. I mean, they're about the same age. I thought Luce was like 15. Um, She might be. F- I think she's 15 by the end of the series. Hold on a second. Let me get her. Yeah, she's 14 at the debut of the series. And I think she's 15 by the time we. Well, uh, by the yeah, by the time we like end the story, I think she'll be 15. Yeah, and and Steven starts out at like 12. Yeah, that's fair. But like which by the those two years are a big difference. Yeah, yeah. like the younger you get, the more the more a difference a year makes. I feel so, like Steven's always obsessed with weddings, though, as Steven Universe fair. Future demonstrates. That's fair. Yeah. Amity. Amity has like her wedding planned out to the T, though. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but for like also like unhealthy, but differently unhealthy reasons to Stephen. <laughs> um, let's see. So, I mean, this. This quote unquote B plot mm-hmm. definitely, you know, is another instance of textually demonstrating that Ida's curse is a disability. Mm-hmm. Um, better, but de- I think, like, certainly better than last time. Um, yeah. But, like, but I think. Yeah. I think it's like it's interesting the way that she chooses not to take any sort of like aid from the establishment. Mm-hmm. Um and I say this because I've recently been reading about like uh there's a woman who uh had a brain implant to help control her epilepsy. And the company that created the brain implant went under and because she couldn't buy out her brain implant, they went in and removed it. Um, And that I was thinking about that a lot with the way that Ida kind of refuses the ostensible help of the emperor Mm -hmm. Um, because it's like the cyberpunk dystopia lives and exists today. Right. And if Ida were in a situation where her only choice was to, you know, be owned by the cyberpunk dystopia, I can understand why she chooses not to be. Right. And also, like, I feel like it also leans like, because we know Belos is a bad guy. Like, we they, they've been set up that, like, yeah. Belos's empire is bad from the jump. But yeah. the ways that it are, that it is bad are not like as immediately prevalent yet because like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, sure. There's an evil emperor and it seems like his shit has more to do with Ida than it does say loose who is just kind of vibing, you know, like the day to day lives of many of the people that we in, like we interact with in the show so far are not affected by the evil emperor Bellos outside of Ida. Yeah. And the little, well, I mean, we rescued the little nose girl from no, no, from a no conversion Tessa, camp. But thank you very much. Okay. 
<laughs> we rescued her from uh from conversion camp, mm-hmm. but uh we haven't seen hide nor hair of that since. So Yeah. Well they they've mentioned the conformatorium a couple of times. Um But I think that was like I don't think they're they're like, ah, we're not gonna I mean, obviously like Notessa is just like a like is like the the snail from Adventure Time. It's just always there. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, it, 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 it's interesting how through Ida, this like the Emperor Bellows thing is like a slow but ticking clock that is going on in mm-hmm. the background. Yeah. While Luz has like a, you know, a teenage coming of age story happening in the foreground. Yeah. Before it becomes full on a YA novel where she has to fight God or whatever, you know, like YA novels usually are. Like you do. Yep. Um. Yep, that was all I had for episode 11, so. Yeah, me too. Let's see. I'm reading through the uh, the translations in in French. This episode is just named "Successful Author." <laughs> um, in Dutch, this episode is named "Phrases and Nonsense." Interesting. Okay. Okay. Huh. In Polish, this is named "Sense and Unromantic." I mean, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, it is, in fact, unromantic. Um, And then uh, in Portuguese, the direct translation is sensitivity and the lacking of good sense. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, fair. All righty. Moving on to episode 12, Adventures in Elements. Uh, this one came out on July 18th, 2020. It was uh, the stories by Dana Terrace, Rachel Vine, Charlie Feldman, Zach Marcus and John Bailey Owen written by Dana Terrace and John Bailey Owen. Um, this is the first time this fandom trivia section has been on a thing and it threw me off because my brain was like my eyes were looking for where the synopsis was supposed to be. Um, Luz needs to learn new spell. So Ida takes her to the most magical place on the island to train. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that's fair. It's not like in the previous one where like, all right, so King's going to become a successful author, but he's going to learn a lesson. And you're like, wait, can you go back to the the first part of that? Like, <laughs> is that not the whole plot? No, it's not, actually. Um... <laughs> Luz is excitedly sitting on the hexi or on the couch reading the hexide uh, uh, pamphlet when she uh, she is extremely excited to go to school to be with it, uh, Willow and Gus and hopefully Amity. Um, uh, at this point, uh, Ida also brings in a big bag of trash. It has no bearing on the plot, 
but I do like this scene. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, and, or loser suddenly remembers that she's got to meet Amity to pick up her her Good Witch Zora book, and she rushes out of the house to do that. Um, as she goes to approach Amity in the market, she is jumped by uh, uh, Imra and Edric. Uh, and Amity explains that, like, yeah, her her older siblings are hanging out with her. They feel very protective and also very guilty about the whole diary situation. Um, and uh, Luz is like, so how'd you like the book? And Amity's like, oh, it was fine. And Luz is le- discovering some fan art inside the books like, oh, just fine, huh? Um, and Luz is like, hey, we could start like a Good Witches or a book club. Uh, when I get to Hexide, and Amity's like, wait, what? And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to be going to fucking Hexide. And Amity's like, oh, that's cool. But like, do you know two spells? Because apparently there's a requirement for you to know two spells that Luz somehow missed, despite it being like giant letters on the front of the pamphlet. Um, Luz at this point lies, being like, oh, yeah, I know two spells. Of course I fucking do. I'm not going to end up in the baby class. Uh, to which she promptly rushes home to Ida, uh, and is like, Ida, I need to learn two spells, otherwise I'm gonna get put in the baby class. Uh, Ida's reluctant at first, uh, but finally she does agree, um, to help lose. Uh, meanwhile, uh, or at this point, uh, Ida's like, we gotta put you through a magical boot camp, and, and King comes in, he's like, oh, goddamn, I wanna do some boot camping, and Ida's like, no, you cannot come to the boot camp, you're way too fucking cute and distracting. Um, so Ida and Luz head off to the knee, uh, which is what it sounds like, it's the knee of the titan that everybody lives on. Um, it's apparently an extremely magically concentrated place for some fucking reason. Um, and here they're going to begin their training, but lo and behold, uh, also training there are Amity and her siblings. Meanwhile, back at the Owl House, um, King is feeling real salty about the boot camp thing, so he gathers all of his stuffed animals together uh, to give them a boot camp. Unfortunately, they're stuffed animals, and they can't talk to him. Also, Hootie really wants to be in the boot camp, but uh, uh, King is like, fuck you. (laughs) Um, The stuffed animals don't give uh, great responses because they are not alive, so King, using some magic that Ida used earlier, animates them to life and immediately begins treating them like total dog shit. This goes about as well as you expect when the stuffed animals mutiny against King and finally uh, reaching a truce with Hootie, the two of them uh, murder these now sentient beings, just absolutely murder the absolute fuck out of them. Back on the knee, uh, Luz is trying to train with is trying to train with Ida, but feels very embarrassed by the way that Ida is approaching things because Ida has like a real kind of like loosey goosey getting in touch with nature style. Meanwhile, Amity's learning spells like a witch does, uh, but Luz, like what Ida is trying to explain to Luz is like, listen. You can't learn magic like that. You're not, you don't have the weird magical bile sack attached to your fucking heart. Uh, you can't learn spells like that. We're going to have to find a different way, and we're going to have to do that through wild magic. Um, so we're going to have to get in touch with nature. And Luz is like, okay, I'm going to 
lick rocks and eat snow and sniff moss. But finally, Luz just can't, like, just feels extremely frustrated and overwhelmed and scared that she's not going to get into Hexide. And it's at this point she decides to use the training wand that Amity has been practicing with. This does allow Luz to cast some spells. But when Ida confronts her about using the training wand, uh, the two of them get into an argument and Luz accidentally shoots off a massive fireball, awaking an evil, or not evil, I guess, you know, like a snow orca to come and attack them. Um, the snow orca, I believe it's called a slither beast, but I'm going to refer to it as the snow orca from now on, um, kidnaps Edric, uh, Edric, the other one, Emra, I can never remember Emra's name, and Ida, there's too many fucking E's, that's what was goddamn happening to me there, um, and, uh, Amity is unable to stop the snow orca, uh, because Luz has run the batteries out, uh, Amity's like, listen, like, this whole thing is shitty, and I've gotta go save my fucking, uh, my fucking siblings, and you're going to have to stay here. And she puts like a, a magical cage around her because she doesn't want Luz to get hurt. Luz begins to sulk a little bit here because she fucked up. Um, and she's like, I'm never going to learn a second spell. I'm only ever going to be able to learn this light spell. She casts the light spell and it floats up into the air. But she notices at this point that in the stars, the stars are forming a constellation that looks like the light rune. Um. And it's at this point that she looks at the snowflakes falling into her hand and realizes that they're all a rune unto themselves. Drawing it, she's able to access ice magic and thus escape the cage. Uh, she goes to where the snow orca has kidnapped all the people to eat them. Um, and through uh, clever uses of the powers that the two have, Amity and Luz are able to free all of the captives and ultimately, Ida uh, quells the snow orca with a sleep spell. Um, Luz, now knowing two spells, can get into Hexide. She's very excited about the Good Azora Book Club, Good Witch Azora Book Club. Uh, and Amity is like, hey, yeah, sure, if it's a secret club. And then her siblings are like, it's never going to be a secret club. We're going to tell fucking everybody. We're telling everybody right now. Um, and Ida and Luz head back home. Uh, meanwhile, as they walk in, uh, Hootie and King are sharing the bond that only committing a fucking actual atrocity can form between two people. Um, this is interrupted by Ida and Luz. Uh, the moment is broken, uh, and Hootie is forever changed deep inside of his heart. Star wiped the end. God, <laughs> this fucking B plot, man. It's a fucking good one. It's really good. Um, the this this is a this was a good episode. It really was. It had like it was firing on all cylinders. Like the B plot was funny and engaging, but not it was there, but not taking up too much fucking time. Um. In the, the we got some like lore progression. Along with, but in the best way, which is through character progression. Mm-hmm. Um. The. I love that Luz did not read, like, but, like, me and Luz on the same wavelength of not being able to read a fucking piece of paper. 
to save our fucking lives. Just going to hyperfixate on the middle section of the pamphlet only. Uh, pamphlets do not work for me. I will open it. I will read just the middle fold and I will never read the rest of the pamphlet. <laughs> Fair. Um, I did like that uh, Luce was talking about how uh, she has a new crush and her name was Education. Mm-hmm. Uh, just nice, subtle nod to, uh, Luce being bisexual. Yep, yep. Um, this episode, uh, this episode, uh, had so many good screenshots that I sent to August. <laughs> it really did. Um, also, is that Principal Bump in the pamphlet? Yeah, seemingly Principal Bump was part of the, like... A group of children who uh, I imagine murdered Hogwarts and built a school on its corpse. Good for him. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think it was actual Hogwarts, but I believe in my heart that they fucking killed Hogwarts and then built a school on top of it. Same. Um. <laughs> uh, it's it's nice to see. Uh, the Amity siblings are shitty, but not evil. Yeah, exactly. Like this, they were just being siblings before. And sometimes, sometimes there there's a fine line between being a sibling and being evil. I guess. Um, well, I mean, you know, you can you can love someone and still go too far. Okay. Which, you know, oh, man, they definitely they went too far. Burned down, burned down Hogwarts. I went back to look at the screenshots of the episode. Um, it does look kind of vaguely Hogwartsy. Not quite gotta as castle the screenshots. But it does have some castle vibes to it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I like that we kind of progress like Edric and Emra here, like being like, yeah, 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 they fucked up. And now they're trying to like un- unfuck this while still being kind of pricks about it. Mm hmm. They're just like this. They are just kind of terrible, but like lovably terrible. They're like they're awful and I love them. (laughs) They're pretty great. Um, Let's see Uh, the 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 whole I'm trying to impress my crush energy is so strong in this episode. Right. And it's like it's very obvious that like probably not to lose yet, but like to everybody else that loses beginning to form a crush on Amity. Mm -hmm, Because she's like, mm -hmm. I'm going to hang out with Gus and Willow and also maybe Amity. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Also, I'm like, we've already it's good stuff. We have almost completely gone through a redemption arc with Amity already. Like she's already just went from mean girl to just, just totally normal kid now. Yeah, which is nice. Which is true about many of the like characters when they first get introduced, like. I like when. Like in Steven Universe, the reverse flanderization of characters, right? Where like you start them out as a caricature and then add nuance as opposed to like what a lot of things do, which is like 
introduce a character who is interesting and then boil them down to the one fucking thing they are. Mm-hmm. So. Do. Um, uh, let's see. So, uh, Luce is 100% ADHD, right? Oh, yeah. no time no time for training like i want to be good at immediately otherwise fuck it yep or i think it's because it's like extremely conceptual too like it takes patience and focus to be able to figure it out because she doesn't have a clear Mm. line like it's not like the second she picks up the magic book, she's figuring that out, right? Like if yeah. she you put it in a form that she can understand, she's going to like this is the thing that she wants to do. She's going to be able to do it. It's just like. Uh, and I mean, it's partially Ida's fault and they do they do call out, you know, whose fault is that yours? Yeah. <laughs> um you know, Ida's teaching style does not necessarily jive with what Luce needs to learn. Right. And we see this repeatedly. Like, when Luce learns, it's largely on her own. Though Ida's not necessarily wrong. She, like, the focus is right. She just is not explaining it correctly. Like, I like that Ida yeah. is... Ultimately, Ida is like right in that the island is going to give her the boiling aisles are going to show her how to harness her magic. But it's not like Ida knew how to do that. It's not like she was trying to, Mm -hmm. you know, lose needed to like clear her mind. It was like when finally like ever like all of the like the shoes had dropped and you know, she hit like bottom and had time to like think like brains start actually processing stuff. Mm-hmm. But that's not easy. like it wasn't 100 percent right here. It did not teach yeah. lose a new spell. Lose just learned one through osmosis. Yeah. Though, I mean, this is also like it kind of gets brought up later, like Ida has no idea how this works. Like she's just kind of more or less like the kind of as things progress it's less Ida being like I'm going to teach you new spells and more Ida being like I'm going to create an environment that you can learn in because I have no idea what the Mm -hmm. fuck you're doing but I'm gonna give you the space to do it in (laughs) which is probably ultimately what Luz needs more than somebody to be like and this is how you do this yeah um but yeah, like mysteries are bullshit. <laughs> I don't want a mystery. I just want to be able to do the thing. Show me how to do the thing and then I'll do it. I can usually like, you know, it's the ADHD thing of like, I've seen this task once. I'm going to be able to replicate it perfectly. <laughs> and in fact, I'm going to become extremely good at it uh, through like fast repetition. Hmm. <laughs> How I used to explain stuff to people is like, it's not necessarily that I am immediately good at stuff. I'm going to just fail a lot faster than you. (laughs) Yeah. 
That's fair. What were you going to say? Sorry. I was just going to say, how about that B plot? Oh, my God. Like, I like how. You know exactly where it's going from the jump. But yeah. I did not did not like fucking. Anticipate Hootie and King uh, commit an atrocity and are forever changed by it. <laughs> yeah, but that was very fun. Yeah. Also, I love Hootie. Hooting just being a little bitch this whole episode. <laughs> no, so I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> Draw me with a hot ass. That's what that's what's going to take. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> there's no God in the Owl House, August. <laughs> no, no, there's not. And that's fine. That's mm-hmm. that's as it should be, really. Um I like how things progress. Like I like that Amity is still really def- like she trusts Luz, but like it's really easy for her to go back into being defensive. Mm-hmm. Um And I mean it's also good for us to see that like even though Amity's like ostensibly like student of the year, whatever, mm-hmm. um, you know, top student badge worthy, she still like has her struggles. My, I just realized I am so dumb. <laughs> I just What's realized that? that Edric and Emra are, are like the Weasley twins. That's what they are. Oh my God. They're like the more competent version of the Weasley t- twins. Fucking incredible. What if we made, well, if we just got rid of one Ron Weasley and we just only had it, we only had Hermione. We also got rid of Harry. We only kept Hermione (laughs) and the Weasley twins. We only kept the three good characters. Um... But yeah, like I, 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 I think you have like a good point there. It's just like, like Amity has to learn. Like she, she is not immediately good. Like Amity is a good student, but she is not immediately good at things. She has to practice and mm-hmm. learn, you know, she, she's not like predinat, like she's not like preternaturally good. She's just like dedicated. Kind of. Yeah. Kind of the opposite of Willow. In Willow's sort of chosen field. Where Willow is like, Willow is just preternaturally good at plant magic. Yeah. Um, she is already scary strong at that thing. But like, I think maybe the abominations, because that's like the thing that Amity sort of like gets to kind of becomes her her sort of wheelhouse right um classic avatar shit where Luz can do anything and then all of her friends can do only one thing <laughs> um but like and i do wonder if like the abomination like 
MD gets pretty good at abomination. Well, doesn't get pretty good. She gets very good at abomination stuff. But I wonder if it's because like abominations don't seem to be. It seems like you kind of have to like make an abomination. You know what I mean? Like from the classes that we saw, it's like it seems like you do a little bit less of like it's not like you are in tune with nature or like you're just kind of mm-hmm. on that wavelength. Like you've got to like make an abomination. You've got to tinker with it. You've got to revise it. There's a level of alchemy. there. Yeah. So I think it's interesting that like Amity and, and you know, it is also kind of a force of will thing too, because like, that's how you control them. So I, you know, it's interesting how that progresses. Um, I like that Ida is more than happy to let two teenagers die to save herself. Queen. (laughs) Queen shit. Yeah. Yeah. Was not going to save them even a little bit. Nope. Good shit. Good shit. I love Ida so much. I do love that, like, despite Ida being like, I don't know these kids. Fuck these kids. Like, Ida did, like, with zero hesitation was like, uh, put herself bodily between Luz and the fucking snow orca. Mm hmm. So that was that was nice, like little subtle storytelling stuff being like, you know, like, no, this is my kid. Fuck you. Yeah, it's good stuff. Um. Oh, I think we forgot to mention the last episode. Ida summoning like a full on fucking spell knife to goddamn kill a motherfucker with. Before she realized yeah. it was Lilith, like, oh my god. Like, Ida could have just sniped them from her cover. No, Ida's gonna kill you up close. <laughs> You're gonna look her in the eyes while you die. <laughs> yeah. All righty. But yeah, this is a good, like, I feel like we're starting to sort of, like, pick up the story. We're hitting a rhythm. Yeah. Yeah, we're we're hitting a rhythm Mm -hmm. here. Because, like, I don't feel like there's much chaff to either of these two episodes. No, no. It, like, the, the, it feels like they're kind of, like, the, the B plots seem to be, like, getting tighter and funnier and more engaging. Yeah. And then like we are slowly progress like we're not even slowly we're pretty rapidly progressing our characters. Mm-hmm. Except for um last time in Escape of the Palisman, uh that B plot was dog shit. Yeah. Um Alrighty. Well. Oh, fuck. What are the, uh... uh... 
So we only have three more episodes left in this season, August. Oh, boy. So next time we're going to be covering the first day, uh, which is, you know, um, loses first day at school, obviously. Um, Mm -hmm. And then really small problems. Uh, But then after that, we're going to be doing Understanding Willow and Enchanting Gromfright. And then we have Wing It Like Witches, The Agony of a Witch, and Young Blood Old Souls. And then we're done with this season. Oh, my God. Despite August and I not be just absolutely fucking destroying our recording schedule, we are still trucking through this season. Yeah, damn. I mean, there's only 19 episodes, so. Fair. When we're usually used to Steven Universe's, what, 50? I mean, Steven Universe went down to 26 at the, like, at the end. Yeah, that's true. But, I mean, still, this is only 19, so it's still seven episodes less. Yeah. Um, though, I mean, I guess by pure numbers, this is a much longer season, because these are all 30-minute episodes, as opposed to 11. Yeah. Or 22, as opposed to 11. Um... Yeah, I can't like understanding Willow and chanting Grom Fright. Just I, I can't wait. Can't wait. I'm excited. Holy shit. Um, Good stuff. All righty. Uh, did we get any questions? I don't think that we did. I don't think we did. Let me double check. Um. Oh, oh, I think we did. Uh, Sean asked. Does the back queen date? No, she hits it and quits it. She's yeah. got no time for them for, for nobody. She, she's got three fucking kids to raise, but she's still got needs, obviously. Oh, oh let's hold on a second. Let me log into our Twitter and see if Dana. Terrace oh, my God. To us yet. Jesus Christ, Brian. <laughs> Uh, somebody replied. Somebody did reply to a different. Uh, I, I tweeted uh, on May 11th. Somehow we didn't get banned for inactivity. <laughs> um, and then somebody replied to that. Check out uh, Choju Sentai Live Man on YouTube. It's fully subbed in a great season of Sentai, in my opinion. Okay. <laughs> okay. Thanks. Hang on. I'm going to Google yeah, it. Thanks, Rafael Navarro. Oh. Let me, uh, I'll, I'll post the I name, I'll, I'll send it. you the name so you can spell it proper. I got pretty close. Okay. Um, oh, it's a, um. Oh, it's full on, um, is this like 3D? No, it's not 3D. It's, it's part of the Super Sentai series. Oh, yeah, it's like full on Super uh, Sentai. Yeah, it. Is from 1988. Oh, they're like bird people. Or they're bird themed, it looks like. Yeah. I like the costumes. Yeah. Shit! 
So I was like clicking through the first what? episode and the Red Ranger like straight up chops a dude's fucking head in half. I mean, they're robots, but it's still pretty brutal. <laughs> <laughs> Just like down the fucking middle. I mean, I'm down if you're down. I mean, I guess so. We'll check it. I'm not going to watch it right now. <laughs> uh, thanks, Raphael. No, not right now. If you now. listen to us and you're not some kind of bot, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, not right now, but after after Utena. Mm-hmm. Oh, they followed us. Well, if you're listening, Raphael, thank you for the suggestion. Looks looks does look cool. I do kind of want to get more. We should if we're going to do maybe we like. Oh, maybe we watch the Common Rider movie. Like the new Shin Common Rider. And like we can get Brandon on. That would be fine. Yeah. Cuz like it the, the Shin Common Rider trailer dropped and it looks pretty fucking cool. Um Yeah. Do Um, Dana still hasn't replied to us. Um, let me, I'll quote retweet this so it it, it, it sends her a ping. Um, no! <laughs> you know we've ruined any chance of getting her on the series now, right? Yeah, no, the previous 72 episodes didn't do that for us. um uh so okay dana the dana terrace watch has been updated uh she still hasn't senpai still hasn't noticed us (laughs) probably for the best (laughs) um righty well if you want to ask us questions uh, pertinent questions about uh, d- what characters date and or fuck. Um, you can do so uh, either on our Twitter or at Gay Space Pod. We do check it. I do check it. Um, or uh, the best place to interact with us is on our Discord. Um, the link is in the description below. We have a great community over there. Um, also, if you have questions about this episode after listening to it, go ahead and send them to us or any previous episode. Just fucking ask us any, any questions like, and they can be weird and esoteric. We don't give a shit. Um, uh, in the meantime, I guess, uh, what's going on in FTL land, August? Uh, is this going out when I think it's going like tonight? Out? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so Brian's going to turn this around Monday, tonight, y'all. You're going to get this. You're still going to get it on Wednesday. <laughs> uh, yeah. So on Monday, um, we will be starting season seven. Um, it is being kicked off with a beefy fucking recording. Jesus Christ. I tried. I tried my best to keep the episode links manageable. And so we've got like a 54 minute episode, an hour and seven minute episode, and then a 100 uh, an hour and 27 minute episode. That's not so bad. Not a 127 minute episode. That would have been unmanageable. I occasionally drop an hour but, and a half episode when just like, you know, there's no there's no real break point. Yeah, like that's just that's just where the break points happened naturally. And uh it's 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 really good i really really like what uh 
what happened uh, and we introduce a new cast member. So that's also fun. Nice, nice. Um, I guess. Uh, well, uh, Rumor Pod is currently on hiatus for a hot minute. Um, Dumb Kids is not far behind. True. Like two episodes out from also being on hiatus for a little while. Yeah. Um, in the meantime, you can also check out if you, you want to hear more more stuff. You can check out um, August. Tell everybody about the live stream. Wait, which live the stream? one you've been doing fucking weekly. Oh, <laughs> yes, I God, yes. So uh, <laughs> um, over on the Standing Stones Twitch, which is twitch.tv slash Standing Stones prod, um, we've been doing a little five part mini series called The Ultraviolet Catastrophe. Um, this Saturday, we'll be doing part four of five, uh, but the first three parts are available both in the VODs and on YouTube. Um, it's an experimental thing that I've been really excited about. I think it's turning out really well. Um, if you've ever watched Quantum Leap, you'll have some idea of uh, how things are going for our friends. Um, and uh, it's been a really good time. Uh, we've been doing that in conjunction with uh, Dirk from Hearthside Enclave uh, and Shrog from Shrog, the Internet from Shrog <laughs> from being our, our good friend from Shrog being Jade's partner from. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, Shrog guested on FTL before he was Jade's partner. So, um, but it's been a good time. Uh, like I said, we'll be doing. This Saturday, we'll be doing Chapter 4, and then Chapter 5 will be on the 8th. Um, so check out Stones underscore Standing on Twitter for more information about that. Um, and then uh, I think that's everything. Yeah, I think so. I believe I did it last time. Yes, you so did. It's, it's uh, up to you, August. Free us. God. I'm, it's so much pressure. Um, all right, dear listeners, I ask you to please be like Cookie Cat and God fucking damn it. Peace. <laughs> Peace. <laughs> uh, I couldn't think of anything thematic. <laughs>